research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this, and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view. This is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hi, I'm Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power in the federal government. I'm joined, as always, by Eric Eggers, Vice President of the Government Accountability Institute and an author himself. Now, today is kind of a special occasion. We've got a great guest uh, that's going to be part of the conversation, Alex Marlowe, the editor of Breitbart and the author of the terrific book, Breaking the News. Uh, but before we get to that point, Eric, I wanted to uh, <clears throat> find out what you've been doing the last week, because I've uh, <clears throat> got a book that was number one on the New York Times bestseller list. Did you know that? Did I know that you had a book on the number one that was number one on the New York Times bestseller list? Uh, <clears throat> I have to search my memory bank. No, I think I did hear... Something about that. And I, what I love is that you're so humble and so just like deferential and it hasn't in any way impacted how you conduct yourself. Uh, I was actually just talking to the barber. You had come cut your hair at the office yesterday about that, in fact. Or was it, or was it the person giving you a manicure? No, congratulations on the fact that your book has achieved. Uh, and it's and you're saying number one, but you're actually sort of being humble about it because um, if it's possible to do that, because it's not just number one on the New York Times bestseller list for nonfiction it's like the number one book in the country like it's not close it's crazy it's 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 absolutely crazy and it just shows the excitement and i think the interest that people have in this kind of stuff but it did get me thinking like okay so schweitzer's got a book that's number one <laughs> like what what does that actually mean right because like just because you're number one doesn't necessarily mean that like amazing things are in your future for example like you and i both like basketball yeah michael olua candy was the number one overall draft pick for the los angeles clippers <laughs> not an outstanding career <laughs> Uh, Who? Who? Yeah, exactly. Steve Entman was a defensive lineman from uh, Washington, yeah. University of Washington. You're from up that College way. football, yeah. Not a great NFL career. Yeah, and, that's um, true. And, you know, The English Patient. Remember the film The English Patient came yeah. out about 20 years ago? Yeah. yeah. That, like, won an Oscar. So that was considered the number one film. And one thing, actually, The English Patient and your book, I think, have in common, <laughs> they're both banned in China. <laughs> Right I think, now, you're depressing me. Yeah. You're thoroughly depressing me. Your book is banned because it <laughs> reveals their grand plot to take over the world. The English patient is banned because it puts all their forced labor camp detainees to sleep. So, <laughs> but congratulations on your book. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it will continue to not be on the English patient like trajectory. <laughs> well, thank you. We thought we'd have a conversation today uh, about uh, the book, but less about the book actually than than the media response or the lack of media response because you're quite right i mean the, the book's been selling yep. amazingly uh, and we're very grateful and thankful for that um and it's been covered by you know breitbart fox news the mainstream media has ignored it and we wanted to ask and pause the question of why uh and we thought the perfect person to talk to about this with is alex marlowe who's the editor-in-chief at breitbart wrote a terrific new york times best-selling book a couple of months ago called breaking the news and one of the points that alex really makes is how much of the established media and their corporate 
parent companies are eager to kowtow with China. Alex literally has a chapter in his book called uh, Beijing Bloomberg. I think it's chapter four. So, I mean, the man, uh, once again, on top of things and uh, you know, not to give Alex too much credit, but no, I think it's he's nailed it. And the fact that your book has been this runaway success has received no mainstream credit, I think sort of proves Alex's point. Is that yeah. right, Alex? Exactly right. And first of all, congratulations to Peter for joining the likes of the movie Crash, which won the Oscar <laughs> and cured America of all of our racism by making the incredibly profound point. We're all a little bit racist. Wow. You had to watch a two hour movie for that. Incredible. So deep. Hollywood is so deep. So um, can I just no, say, it, the, can yeah. I just, Alex, just interrupt. Like, so I, when I was looking over the, like the list of the worst number one movies of all time, <laughs> I almost went with Crash. So I just want to say, I appreciate that you like picked up on it also. I went with English patient instead, but Crash was a solid choice. Nice, nice Thank job. you. No, well, well, I, I'll, I'll take that as you throw me a bone, Eric. And by the way, I, am I the first repeat guest in the podcast? Because I'm a regular you are. listener. You that are. That is so cool. <laughs> you um, are absolutely the only repeat guest that we've had. So we're other, so cool other than the seven I, times. I'm, 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 yeah, other than the seven I'm a big fan of, of what you on. do, uh, Eric, just to let you know. I'm a, Thank you. Thank and, you, Alex. And, and, and Peter, you're also on the show. Which is, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm kind of the sidekick, the uh, the, the the serious guy. Uh, but let's talk about this a little bit, uh, because yeah. I think you do this so thoroughly in breaking the news. And it is sort of shocking to me, honestly. I mean, I know there are very few things we're shocked about today, but you have very clear evidence involving the Biden family, payments from China involving Chinese intelligence. You have all these big titans of Wall Street. Established media tends to always talk about how greedy Wall Street is. We have multiple examples of the book of, of how these titans are kowtowing to this dictatorial regime. And yet the establishment media is not covering it. And I just I want to kind of go through the list, if we could, Alex, of the major news outlets. And maybe you could explain to us why you believe they're not going to cover things aggressively on China. Begin first with uh, NBC uh, and Comcast. They're obviously covering the Olympics right now. There's a whole interesting question there. But what do we need to know about NBC News, Comcast sure. and their efforts to break into China? You know, it's it's interesting because I'm sure your audience will think I'm a little bit of a broken record because I'm pretty sure we hit it. We touched on this a bit last time I was here, but it really is the math is crystal clear that these news conglomerates do not want to cover bad news about China, uh, not because there's some sort of grand conspiracy. It's that simple as they just make so much money. And I yeah. had a whole chapter in the book dedicated to Bloomberg's relationship with China. So that answers that and people want more. It's all in there. But Bloomberg has the most access to China of any major media conglomerate. And it's totally at the will of the ministers of propaganda in Beijing. And that is not at all an exaggeration. They have to extend their contract every two years. So Bloomberg has to go over and kiss the ring. We have the photographic evidence, which we broke at Breitbart when the book came out, um, uh, confirming that. But it's not just them. I mean, if you think about... ABC News, which is actually ABC uh, Disney, which is owned by Disney, which is last yeah. I checked makes a little bit of money from from China or NBC News, which not only is the corporate sponsor of the genocide games, um, but is day to day makes money with their universal studios and universal movies. All of that is based uh, out of, you know, they make buku uh, money out of China. 
And all of that is uh, part and parcel of the whole establishment media because even lesser outlets and smaller outlets like take The Atlantic, for example, or Axios. I mean, these are all places that are funded by Loreen Powell Jobs, who's the heiress of Steve Jobs' fortune. Well, where's Steve Jobs' fortune come from? It comes from Apple and Disney. They make all the money out of China. So China is completely co-opted much of the establishment media and is left truly independent outlets and only truly independent outlets uh, who are willing to report on it. And so Breitbart, we've done 30 stories so far, Peter, on your book, and we'll probably do 30 more. And the revelations are just truly explosive. It, it is a true, it is, it is not conspiracy. It's purely about following the money, which, you know, I learned how to do that from you, Peter, specifically. If you keep complimenting Alex, you will not be a three-time guest. Just to be super clear about it. <laughs> it's, but, it's, it, it well, well, Eric, I'm going to remove one of the compliments I had the chamber for you that was coming out. I was going to compliment your wit. I, I definitely you're, can't handle it. So you're, it's fine. You're, you're rapier wit. Can you say rapier wit anymore, or is that word banned just because it sounds Probably. too much like other you, words that are banned? You just got us taken off of Spotify, Mark. <laughs> That's right. Hey, hey, but Rumble's coming in. Rumble's got 100 <laughs> but to, so here's what's crazy. So because Schweitzer's book has all these revelations and there's no you mainstream, mainstream media coverage. And there's a couple of reasons. One's ideological, which we'll talk about that in a little bit, but also I think financial because these parent companies. So we did it. We pulled some stats to supplement the very good reporting you had in your book. One of the things I was blown away by, you, you talk about Disney. Obviously, Disney's got some theme parks in China, but that's not the only parent company of a news organization that's running theme parks in China, like Comcast and Universal runs theme parks yep. in China as well. And you talked about the, the fact that there's the Olympics happening right now. And sure. I love seeing that the unedited view of what the, the ski slope, right? It's like in the middle of this nuclear hellscape. <laughs> Unbelievable. And it's, and it's sort of insane. But so I hadn't you think realized- you photoshopped it. You really did. It looks like the Simpsons <laughs> nuclear power plant right next to the downhill skiing slope. But, but, it, but it's actually a perfect metaphor for everything else that's happening over there in terms of NBC's coverage with China. NBC Universal, our research team, pulled this for this podcast, they teamed up with TikTok for this advertising partnership. By the way, advertising was the primary concern for NBC when when dealing with the Chinese Olympics. They said, well, there's this, boy, there's this boycott. We kind of wish it wasn't happening because it's, quote, presenting some challenging moments for sponsors. Like, that's the concern. <laughs> the, like, we're not sure how the advertisers are going to feel about this. So one of the things they did to make the advertising partnerships more dynamic is they teamed up with TikTok and they said it's going to be the first brand to pilot a new creative ad experience on TikTok. But here's the challenge. TikTok is actually banned in China. <laughs> so, ByteDance, the parent company of TikTok, but TikTok's not available there. And so what they're doing is Olympic athletes and foreign Beijing, uh, foreign media in Beijing are giving a special SIM card that offers uh, <laughs> unique internet access. So like NBC's advertising on a thing that people in China can't use. So this, so not covering the revelations of your book is not the first example of NBC kind of going out of its way to uh, make China okay. Yeah, I mean it's 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 remarkable and and Alex I think one of the things you point out in the book is that this this is where these parent companies, you know, whether you're talking about Comcast, whether you're talking about AT&T, which is the, you know, the parent of CNN or Disney ABC News, they view China as that's where the future growth for their companies coming from, right? I mean, the, the, we are we are what they regard as a mature market. But all the growth is there. So that's where their attention is going to be focused. So it's not going to get any better anytime soon, is it? 
No, it's not. And this is this is the structure, and this is maybe the most important revelation and big picture from from my book. And I think you provide a lot of the uh, detail that I think really uh, underlines it in yours, Peter. But it, it's a. I think beyond that, it's not just the media companies; it's also the tech companies. It's Google and Apple control what news is curated for you in a lot of ways, and they all either are making tons of money from China or want to make tons of money from China. And this revelation about TikTok, which, Peter, I know we just discussed this. We did a long interview that will appear on my show, the Breitbart News Daily Podcast, which is a great daily news podcast, if I say so myself. Yes, yes. Um, which, which, we'll do a, uh, which we'll do a a multi-part series on that. Uh, I talked about how my theory is TikTok is Chinese mind control. It is hitting all those sweet spots for the increasingly ADD American mind addicted to our screens, constantly scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And they figured out a way to waste so much of our time and harvest our data in the process. They don't even allow their own people to engage in this behavior. And we're all going along and we're uh, we're elevating um, uh, these TikTok influencers to this grand level. We're getting completely rolled on this one and no one's talking about it in those terms. No, I think I think that's hugely important because, you know, let's go out on a limb here and say what's better for the future of the country and the sort of intellectual ability of young people for them to be reading books and articles or to be looking at six second videos on TikTok every day with emojis. Yeah. And but as Alex pointed out, I mean, this is you find this all the time. TikTok, hugely profitable here. Huge company. It's Chinese owned ByteDance. You can't actually use it in China. And and it's not just, I think to your point, Alex, it's not just because of censorship concerns that somebody's going to put up, uh, you know, some video about Uyghurs in a camp. It's, I think, and G's talked about this. They don't want young kids playing too many video games. They don't want them spending too much time on TikTok. Now, I don't agree that the government, like over there, should ban it or, or prevent people from doing it, but we should take notice that China recognizes the problems that these technologies present it's almost like china like everyone treats china the way you would treat like a really wealthy but offensive relative right like an uncle or grandma like like they pretty much like yeah like yeah okay yeah they're a little racist yeah they've got some theories on slavery we might not agree with right right uh, but dude they're paying for stuff yes and so we yeah. kind of need and so we sort of you want to be own. in the inheritance yeah. right so yeah. i mean i literally watched this movie greedy last night with um phil hartman and alex uh, or michael j fox which is an excellent movie but it, you know the rich character that played by kirk douglas it's kind of the same concept everybody just goes out of the way to make allowances for all this ridiculous behavior i mean and again it it, it absolutely trickles into the things we talk about tech companies censoring what we see and what we don't see and that's one of the reasons why they're maybe drawn to this totalitarian mindset that that china's been able to implement but news companies are doing their own form of censorship by controlling the things that we see or don't see specifically as it relates to china you talked about at&t being the parent company of cnn you know tucker carlson reported last year that at&t was lobbying the department of commerce on behalf of china telecom which is this company (laughs) they have this partnership with right Right. and they were going to be on this this list of sanctions because of they had some, you know, human rights violations. They've been supporting <laughs> yeah. these things. And everyone's like, yeah, yes, that's true. And no, that's not something we agree with, but, we, but it's okay, right? I mean, they sort of, right. we all make this exemption uh, for China. And so, yeah, if, if AT&T, which owns CNN, is lobbying on behalf of a partner, their business partner in China, to overlook the, the violations, it makes sense that they're going to not maybe put your reporting or even reporting on negative about China, period, front and center, Right. 
Absolutely. And I think, Alex, you know, that's that's pretty amazing. These Chinese companies don't need to even lobby in the United States in some cases because American partners like AT&T are prepared to do it for them. Again, of the movie Crash, because we're just willing to tolerate a certain amount of racism in certain <laughs> yeah. circumstances. So, like, it, no, but it, 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 you're so right on this. And this is something that could not be emphasized enough that just know that whatever news you're getting the reason why there is a blackout on Peter's book is specifically because the book is powerful and it will hold the powers that be that will cost the bottom line of the shareholders of the corporations that control our news and are controlling not less of our news, even though we're in this sort of renaissance of citizen journalism, that we're a part of a Breitbart and you guys are a part of a GAI, uh, even though that is happening corporations control more of what we see on a daily basis. And every single one of those corporations to one degree or another wants that sweet, sweet commie cash. And once you understand that, you understand so much of what is being reported and why we're decades behind in terms of identifying and challenging the threat of communist China. So who is the worst? I mean, I know that's a hard question to answer, but in terms of media outlets, the big media outlets, who do you think is the worst in shilling for China? It's so interesting. I think the aforementioned three are the ones that come to mind. Uh, NBC, what they're doing right now is the only thing that makes it at all tolerable to me, that they've gone over the Beijing games and they're sports washing. That's the expression for trying to whitewash a genocidal a homicidal regime with authoritarianism and oppression and no free speech um, with by because they you know have a sports tournament. Um, they're, they're sports washing the genocide games as we have this conversation is so appalling. The only silver lining is that it will age so poorly. Mm-hmm. It will age, mm-hmm. you know the expression how it'll age like wine? This will age like a banana. This thing is going to get brown <laughs> and stinky and useless very quickly. And everyone associated with it, I think, is going to have a lot of shame. Um, so that comes to mind quickest, but it's very hard to underestimate uh, just the what Disney has done. They consistently, and I come up with example after example in the book, yeah. uh, where they're they're really they're, they are they're throne sniffers of Xi Jinping over at Disney. Um, Apple is nearly as bad, which is now the entertainment world. And yeah. you write some, some anecdotes about uh, Tim Apple, aka Tim Cook, in your book, Peter, which are unbelievable. Um, but I do think overall, probably Bloomberg is the worst just mm. because the, uh, their access is so big and they need the extent to which Bloomberg will go in order to maintain their access. And Mike Bloomberg is worth $50 billion. And a lot of it is because yeah. he basically has a monopoly on financial news. Yeah. Yeah. And and by the way, Michael Bloomberg, of course, a couple of years ago, gave an interview on PBS where he said with a straight face, China's really not a dictatorship. Yeah, Xi Jinping <laughs> was, is not a dictator. Yeah, he's That's not a dictator. Quote. And and the, the host was like, do you want to rephrase that? Or re-? No, no, no. He's not really a dictator. Very responsive to his people. Eric. No, well, no. well, just think about what you just said. I mean, because I think that's sort of the most troubling aspect of it. It's not like people are willing to bend over or bend down for China because they're trying to ascend and create this market dominance. It is the market dominators that are doing it, right? I mean, yeah. Bloomberg is worth $50 billion. Disney is a global behemoth and they are letting China like pick which actresses are cast in which films and they're actually thanking the Chinese Communist Party of uh, Xinjiang province, right? When they're filming this Mulan film. Uh, it's the biggest companies that have the most control and power that are the ones that are the most egregious in their behavior. 
which sort and, of just- and, and this is something that I think Peter really put his finger on when you guys put your fingers on in the book red handed is that it is about this obsession with dictatorship. They love dictatorship. Mm-hmm. They all have God complexes. I don't think it helps that we've kind of gotten away from a culture of faith in the United States and we've gotten right. increasingly secular. And um, these people who are so powerful, and Peter lays it out as, you know, crafting, they actually build worlds uh, virtually online. And so they're very uh, interested, if not they fangirl uh, over dictators like Xi Jinping. They're actually impressed by their ability to get stuff done because that is the fantasy of all these Silicon Valley CEOs. Imagine that amount of power and just you, you know, wave a stick and all of a sudden everything comes true. It, it is that is their their they, I would use a vulgar expression, but that is their their dream in the middle of the night that uh, <laughs> least unspeakable things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we're talking with Alex Marlowe. He's the author of Breaking the News. And it, uh, I just want to say it always makes me laugh when you do this, just because I feel like <laughs> we're having like a family chat. This is this is not written. This is a podcast. People have downloaded the episode. They know who's on the. Episode. I'm just reminding and, people that he's the author of the book. But you do this thing for like it's like people have. Stopped stumbled across this on the dial. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I just I want to mention the guy's book. Why like, he's here, why he's an expert. We are not sitting around the coffee table. Hey, don't switch to smooth jazz right now. Listen to the rest of the conversation. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna show up in your bathrobe next no, time, I, aren't you? I'm just waiting of, I'm just waiting for you to hit weather on the eights. <laughs> <laughs> and the traffic and the traffic report, right? The traffic report. Uh, so Alex, let's talk a little bit about and I don't know what solutions look like in this scenario, but we, we've got a media that's dominated by these corporate titans. When it comes to China, they clearly have not only a blind spot, because they're actually, in some cases, advocating on behalf of this regime. Obviously, we, we've got great news outlets like Breitbart and others to go to, but but what can, is there anything that, that can be done in Washington, D.C.? Uh, any reforms that can take place to really hold these media outlets to account, or do we just have to accept that this is the kind of news coverage we're going to get going forward. I think that there needs to be an effort from Republicans to not give any news to any corporate media outlet. Um, you know, Fox has some some good people on them, and I'm very pleased that they embraced your book, uh, Peter, which is which was a surprise to me, and I'm very pleased by that. So they deserve some credit, um, some credit. Not everyone at Fox, but some of them deserve credit. But other than that, there's nothing in corporate news which is a bright, which is a bright spot. And so Republicans need to stop feeding the beast, and they need to stop trying to court the you know the New York Times is of the world, and even if the New York Times, you know, doesn't have a huge presence in China. They took lots of money from Chinese advertisers, and you know, the the board is made up of people who make lots of money in China, and it is endless the connections. Um, so I think that's where you start. Second of all, and I think this comes in again in red-handed, that there can't be any lobbying on behalf of foreign governments in right. Washington, particularly China. Yep. Uh, this is an outrage that this is happening. And um, But even if you ban that, you're still going to get a lot of lobbying from these companies that make lots of money from China. So we need to be very diligent about that. And I think if it starts with those two things – uh, then I think it's big, but also there's a element that's beyond what you do in Washington, which is that these corporate, um, uh, the, these tech giants are all beholden to China or want to be beholden to China. And they're really the filters and the curators of what information we get. And that, again, is a, is a total catastrophe for this nation. I think it's really fun that you're here, Alex, because I do want to make the point, and we spoke about this a little bit earlier, because 
the last time I saw you uh, in person was when the, the three of us were actually all in the Cannes Film Festival or at the Cannes yeah. Film Festival yeah. uh, back in 2016 for the release of uh, the film Clinton Cash, which obviously is based on Peter Schwartz's book, Clinton Cash, which came out in 2015. And I think it's instructive on this topic because it's, it's important to remind people that six years ago, this didn't used to be the case, right? Six years ago, you didn't suffer from a total mainstream media blackout. Clinton Cash was covered by... Bloomberg, yes. ABC News. It was covered by the Washington Post. It was covered by the New York Times. Like not, not just like, hey, Peter Schwartz got a book, but they took the information in that book and did their own reporting on it. And I think what happened, unfortunately, is people then, once Donald Trump got elected, they sort of blamed you. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's a real thing, right? Yeah, I mean, they I, did, pretty yeah. much. Like, like, I think that the fact that, hey, we were duped by this guy Schweitzer to report on, and was the information correct? Obviously, they reported it. It was all accurate stuff. But if the cost of it is Donald Trump's presidency, then we're not going to – it's almost like they just admitted, okay, then we're not going to report on this type of information anymore. And so it's just sort of wild. Yeah. Yeah. Let me chime in because they did the same thing with us at Breitbart where, you know, they were also kind of blamed us. And then they stopped thinking what we were doing was cute and quaint and started to understand the power of it. And the the left got very serious about trying to black out our reporting, even if it was accurate and groundbreaking. And they maintain this to this day. I mean, uh, my my friend and colleague, Mark Levin, uh, you know, he sold a million hardcovers of his book, American Marxism, last year and got almost no establishment press, almost zero. Right. And like, why why is that? I mean, you can't act like the book's not a phenomenon. It was. It was simply because they don't want to talk about the content of the book because they feel like politically they're better off doing that. Uh, the left understands the power in that. The right does not. We will still try to court a good article in the New York Times or the Washington Post, um, which which we simply cannot do because we're not getting it anymore. Those days are over. They ended with Clinton Cash and Trump's election and uh, the rise of Breitbart. So we need to un- update our tactics and to really do build our own stuff and to understand that most of the establishment press is at war with us. Well, we've been having this great conversation with Alex. Uh, we've enjoyed some uh, time together here face-to-face as well. We've enjoyed it. We don't have the big boat that we had at Con. Uh, we haven't had um, the opportunity Phil to... Phil Robertson's not here? Yeah, Phil Robertson's not now, here. Uh, pause. Alex, do you do you remember any of the food you ate in, in France? Did you, do you remember having some decent meals? Over there. I had a few nice ones. I like taking advantage nice of the ex- exquisite <laughs> French cuisine. You know, it's on the Medi- you're, on the, you're on the water. You got Medit- You got access to Mediterranean food. You got access to some Northern African stuff. I mean, really, can France is like sort of the epicenter of a lot of really yeah. interesting. So, wh- where's this going? Epicurean. I just want to know that I I enjoyed almost none of that because I was with Peter Schweitzer and uh, <laughs> Hey Peter, would you like some Lebanese food? Hey, would you like maybe take some of the, some of this French? Things? He's like, No, I'll take McDonald's. Yeah, American Peter, food. Peter, do you have a baby palate? Is it, this is breaking news? <laughs> no, this is, is that breaking. True? No, let me tell you, you, you know what exotic cuisine is to Schweitzer? Oat milk, okay? Like, that's about as diverse as it gets. Hey, I have been to a McDonald's restaurant in 16 different countries, and I am very proud of that fact. Very proud. It explains to me the whole Tallahassee thing because if you if you're good with the chain restaurants, you're all good here. Hey, now that's right. Now I have not. No, no, been... but this is the whole thing. Is that is that you know I got a lot of family in L.A. and I'm realizing like and I got a family member in New York and it's the best part about it is the food. I mean, other than that, you would never want to be there ever. But it's the it's just it's eating. And if you don't care about that, if you'd rather yeah. just have you know burger and fries, then of course you should live in regular America. 
You called it. You absolutely called it. The one place, of course, that I have not yet had a McDonald's burger, and I probably never will at this point, is China. Mm. So just to be clear on that. Yeah, I would not go anymore. (laughs) Alex, it's been great having you here with us. Thanks for joining us. I would commend to everybody to pick up a copy of his book, Breaking the News. Uh, It's out in hardback. I imagine it's going to be out in paperback next year, but pick up a copy now. It's going to change the way you view the established media. Uh, If you're interested in this podcast, please go to thedrilldown.com. You can find uh, back episodes, and we look forward to joining you next week. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for listening in.